Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Ali Fan, the host and creator of Our Playground, where we have collective conversations with trailblazers and visionaries that reimagine what it means to protect and celebrate our playground. Today on the show, I have on the co-founders of The Pastry Project, Heather Hodge and Emily Kim. While working together at Molly Moon's Ice Cream, they discovered the barriers to opportunity that many faced. So they created The Pastry Project, a social enterprise based in Seattle to make pastry education and careers more accessible. They partner with Seattle nonprofits to find their students and lead them through a 14-week training on baking and pastry skills. They're doing something that is just so cool and amazing, and I'm excited that you guys get to hear their story. In this episode, I got to talk to them about how they got started, the ins and outs of being in the baking and pastry industry, as well as their advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. You can support them by making a donation or even purchasing their goodie box membership or their pastry kit subscription, which they also talk about in the episode. I did not hit the record button on my microphone, so the audio may be a little off, and Emily and Heather were also recording right in their space, so you also get a little bit of the behind the scenes. Let me know what you think of this episode by taking the time to follow the show and leave a rate and review on Apple Podcast. You can also share this on your socials and tag someone who you think will love this conversation. Thank you so much for the support. Have a wonderful week. Now on our playground, it's Emily and Heather. So hi, Emily and Heather. I am so excited to have you on the show today. How are you guys doing? We're great. Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually found you through another interview that I did for my podcast, which I think is super cool. Um, and I'm really excited to um, let you guys share your story today. And I'm sure those listeners will love the episode. So I always like to start off every episode with this question, and that is, uh, what does our playground mean to you? I think it oh. like goes into one of our, um, the sayings that we have here, which is to just do good and have fun. And just that's just kind of the, the phrase that we live by. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely how you would want to behave on the playground as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> do good yeah. and have fun. Don't be a bully and have fun, you know? <laughs> You know, be a steward to the playground and have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that. Okay, so I want to get into, you know, everything about how you started the pastry project. Um, But before that, I know that both of you worked at Molly Moon's Ice Cream, which is really good ice cream. Um, So how did you get started in that? Uh, uh, For me, I worked in the food industry my whole life since I was 13. And so... Um, After high school, I went to college for baking and pastry arts and then um, worked in a lot of different jobs in the industry, um, mostly on the East Coast, and then ended up um, in Seattle um, about 10 years ago. And um, I worked at a local bakery and then started working at Molly Moon's as an ice cream maker um, and then stayed there for seven years, um, working my my way up to... um, head chef and manager of culinary operations. So managing all, uh, anything culinary that happens in the company. Um, and yeah, so that's how, that's how I got started at least with Molly Moons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I had just a totally different journey. And so I um, studied journalism and then went to law school and then worked in, uh, both federal and local government. Um, kind of on policy issues and then uh, made my way to Molly Moons uh, where I was there about, uh, well, I'm still technically there, but about five years. And 
um, met Heather mm -hmm. and we would work together a lot uh, during hiring season where we would be seeing if nonprofits had um, folks that they worked with that might need um, a good job with good benefits. And um, a lot of the entry level jobs, it was easier to place people in front of house because you didn't need any specialized experience, but to place somebody in the kitchen, they needed at least a little bit of experience in, in, a, in a pastry kitchen or a kitchen in general. And so it was really tough to be able to offer people um, that might've had barriers to employment any kind of a job in the kitchen. And so that's where we started talking about what we could do to um, bridge that gap and see if we could um, offer some kind of a training to people where they could get enough training to be able to get that first entry level pastry job. So that's how the pastry project started. Okay, so um, that's super cool. And that's a perfect segue. But I guess what I mean, uh, Heather, you said you've been in the food industry since you were 13, which is a really long time. But how did that passion for food come about? I think that a lot of it was uh, honestly just being a very food driven person. Like even just as a little child, I remember being a very food driven individual. It was definitely... Um, something that I just enjoyed doing, eating, even when I was young, you know, it was like not the best food or anything, but um, it was great. And then I really started baking um, and I thought that, that was really fun. And actually the first thing that I started baking was um, uh, cream puffs. And that was really fun for me. And I also like to eat like all of them after I was done. Um, and actually today, even uh, my favorite week of teaching are free 14 week um, training program. Um, my favorite day in that, in, in those weeks is the um, shoe day. So the pad of shoe day where we're making cream puffs and eclairs. And it's just something that's really fun. And so um, after, you know, as I was getting to the end of high school, I just realized the thing that really motivated me the most and that I was most excited about was doing baking and pastry or something in the culinary field. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. I, I also liked walk, watching cooking shows a lot when I was a kid. So I watched a ton of um, Japanese Iron Chef. And then when I was a little older, I got really into the Food Network. And it just was really inspiring and exciting to me. Yeah. Um, so walk us, so you said about like how the idea came about. Um, what was kind of the process like starting it and launching it? Starting the pastry project? Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because yeah. we knew that there was this gap between folks being able to get jobs in the industry and the education or the experience that was required. And we just started having conversations. It's even hard to really mm -hmm. tell that exact story because it was kind of nebulous in the beginning. We knew what the problem was and we were just thinking around like how we as potential entrepreneurs could fix the problem while also building a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. And so um, it took a lot of just hours long conversations you know, sitting at Emily's apartment or in local restaurants and just chatting about, uh, you know, what the problem was and how we could potentially solve it in a sustainable way. And so it was just kind of this snowball that started. And uh, once we had the little idea formed, we just kind of built on it more and more over time. So what do you guys offer um, 
and how does the pastry project work? So um, there are uh, 14 week trainings, um, like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we offer a 14-week uh, baking and pastry training program. It's totally free, um, and it is for individuals with barriers to opportunity and employment in the industry. And so we find those people um, through an application process, and a lot of times they're referred to us by um, one of our many nonprofit community partners, and um, we go through just a ton of applications and narrow it down to four students that then go through our program. And we run a cohort twice a year. So we are running one right now. Students will graduate in just a couple of weeks. And then in December, we'll make applications live again for our uh, spring 2022 cohort. Um, and so they're learning everything. I mean, Heather can speak better to this, but they're learning everything from a very simple chocolate chip cookie on the first day and the creaming method um, to quick breads. And then as she was saying, you know, getting all the way up to croissants and shoe and pies and tarts and a little bit of cake decorating and kind of spanning, um, you know, what we were looking at as skills that were needed in the industry. So we looked at a lot of jobs at bakeries that were um, in Seattle and we just kind of wanted to build a program where people would learn the skills that they would need for an entry level job at one of those companies. Yeah, I see. That's super cool. Um, what are some of those barriers that you found? I mean, during your time at Welling Moons and things like that, um, the barriers to baking and culinary opportunities in the industry. Yeah, so some of the barriers that we found, I mean, first and foremost, it's really expensive to get a pastry education. And so we knew we needed to make a program that was completely free and not only free, but that we could offer things like a student stipend or transit uh, stipends or childcare um, stipends to make it so that people could actually come to class. And um, so, yeah, just financially, it is a big barrier to get a pastry education. And then, you know, some of the barriers that we have seen from, you know, what people have faced that end up entering our program is, you know, you could have been, uh, you know, formerly homeless, um, formerly incarcerated, um, you know, very low income, a single parent, um, things that just would make it really, really hard for you to be able to have the same opportunity that other people might have um, to get your foot in the door in a pastry career. Yeah, um, I think those things, they're just not talked about. And especially, I love how you just found a way to create this space um, for, you know, those barriers. So what does a typical day in the life look like for both of you? Um, I'm sure that it's, as founders, it's changes every day, but what's a typical day like? You're right about it <laughs> kind of changing every day. Uh, to kind of say what's going on in our world today, which I think is a good example of um, what may be going on. Um, so we have a bunch of kits that we need to go out to customers for our pastry kit subscription. So we'll be shipping out a bunch of those today. Uh, we have um, our employee, Angela. She's working on some bread today for uh, the partnership we have with King Arthur, where we provide um, buns or other pastries and stuff to um, Northwest Harvest, um, which is a local food bank. And um, I'm working on a ton of R&D today. So I'll be working on some curriculum recipes, some goodie box recipes. Um, I'm making some 
uh, I'm making some apple galettes for an auction. Um, so lots of just research and development for me today. And then Emily, like what else is going on in your world today? Yeah. So today I'm going to help with some of the kit, um, ship outs. A lot of people buy gifts for, mm -hmm. um, for, you know, friends or family, we offer a gift pastry kit subscription. And so, you know, we'll be writing notes and um, sticking those in boxes and getting those out. Um, and then, you know, we do a lot of corporate classes. So we need to be coordinating and scheduling um, and invoicing people that are booking classes with us virtually or in person. Um, so that's really great. We, um, we love doing company classes. Um, what else? I would need to look at my calendar. It is, it's just like all over the place every day, but that was a really mm -hmm. good example of kind of like the big bulk things. Um, you know, we just launched pre-orders for November. So we are selling take and bake cinnamon rolls and um, just buttered, buttery dinner rolls. Uh, and so, you know, we'll want to promote those and talk about those and get people um, ordering them. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Um, what's like, your favorite part of your job and like what brings you the most joy? I think, I think my favorite moments, um, my favorite moments are chill days where I can like just work on recipes and like just really take my time with it and then like have fun, like having people taste it and provide feedback and letting me know what's going on. Um, and then just like kind of, having fun moments just in general. Like I think that, I think we just have like fun or funny moments that happen throughout the day that I think are really fun. Um, that's not very specific so much to the job, but it, like, I don't know, we're trying to just build a, um, Emily and I are trying to build a uh, work environment that just feels really sustainable and, um, you know, kind of puts us in, we try to put our mental health really first and then um, make sure that we're doing the work that we're, that we have set out to accomplish. And so, yeah, it's, it's very variable. Like our, our lives are kind of all over the place, but um, that's something that makes it really good too, that like we are really trying to put a lot of focus in that. But what are your favorite? I things? think we're just on the same wavelength right now, because I was literally going to say the same thing. Like, I think yesterday was like a busy day. I can't even mm -hmm. remember all the things, but like we, had, you know, um, our employee Angela was here, we were here, um, some of our residents were here, um, one of our students was doing some makeup work, and we just like had just a, a good time together, mm -hmm. just hanging out in the kitchen. So I think being able to hang out in the kitchen without a ton of, of like pressure and time crunch is um, ideal, but that doesn't always get to happen. And, you know, I know we both love running or being a part of the student program and um, really getting to help students graduate and get jobs. And then like Heather was saying, we, we like to have fun and just kind of do what we want to do. And so thinking of just fun things that we want to offer for customers and, um, you know, new ways that we can package something. We both um, are really into branding and design and things like that as well. So we like being creative and um, yeah, I think just like everything. Yeah. I think Emily made a really good point too. Like there's, uh, I don't know if she said this explicitly, but like there is a distinction between like what's really fun at work and what's like the most rewarding because our student program is yeah. definitely the most rewarding. But that's the thing that we're putting literal blood, sweat and tears into mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily 
fun work, but it is the work that is like work of responsibility and of, um, you know, understanding that this is something that's really important, which I think is really different than just like, we're having fun in the workplace. You know what I mean? And like, we, we really do try to have fun with our students, um, on those Fridays, um, or whichever day that they're in. Um, and we do, we, we have fun with them, but it also needs to, kind of mimic the the work environment. And so there's a lot of feedback that we have to provide. There is, you know, performance management that we have to, to do. Um, and so those things can be really hard and emotionally challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want every one of our students to graduate and be successful and go on to jobs where they can be successful. And that's the that's the most rewarding part and it's the hardest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of like we have a split where we have our really fun things and then we have our things that are like, this is really, really hard work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that balance is really important too. You know, if you have just like the hard work and like no fun, it's, you're going to probably get burnt out. So I love that you mentioned both of those things. So as co-founders, what have been the challenges of working together? Um, Cause I'm sure you have your individual challenges, but then there's also challenges um, with both of you Mm -hmm. and how have you overcome those? Yeah, I think one of our biggest challenges is that we're just two different personalities with two different styles of work and two different ways of thinking. And so um, it's just always hard when you bring two people that work so closely together all the time with very different ways of thinking together. And we just have to constantly um, communicate with one another, talk, you know, talk things out, um, you know, figure out how we can each move a little bit this way or that way um, to make the other person feel good. And um, yeah, I think just a lot of communication and then like knowing that um, no matter what there, you know, we are um, both here for one another and mm-hmm. want nothing but the best for the company and for each other. And so just knowing that um, and yeah, but I mean, we talk about this all the time, like partnership is very tough. We're together Mm -hmm. so much i mean more than we are with most other people in our lives so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah the most important thing for us is that we're values aligned and the Mm -hmm. good thing for us is that that was our base level where we started and so we never started from this place that like we weren't on the same page with where our values were and like what we wanted to do in um the community um And so from there, it was like Emily said, really just taking our two personalities uh, and making sure that we're communicating in a way that the other person can understand and vice versa. And uh, just making sure that we are, you know, uh, being compassionate and understanding of the other person's opinions and thoughts. But um, it's not without challenges. It's it's it can definitely be challenging at time. But um, if someone is willing to put in the work to um, you know, work through those things as, as partners, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade doing this by myself in any world. Like it's, I'd much rather have Emily here by my side, like us doing this together because, um, it's just really, really nice to have someone there for the ups and downs. Yeah. And two brains. I think that's, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and two hands to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And like bouncing ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of actually my most, the thing going back to what's really fun is like when we actually have the time to just have a creative planning meeting and just like the two of us sitting down Mm -hmm. or going on a field trip and just like 
talking about what we think would be really fun in the future for the pastry project, those are some of the best um, times for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, can you share something that you wish you, you would have done differently when you were starting out that you kind of learned throughout this process um, that you want to share? Hmm. That's a good question. It's... I... I feel very, it's it's like this thing that you don't even, my, my, my perspective is that I feel really grateful that I don't have any regrets I don't, personally. Yeah. Like if, if there's anything that I regret, like maybe there are some moments where I'm like, oh, I wish we made this decision a little bit differently because I think the outcome would have been X. Um, and honestly, like I will say those, those decisions that we've made in the past where I'm like, I kind of wish we didn't do this thing. Those were decisions we made based out of fear. And so I can only think of a handful of them. And um, uh, because we made those decisions based out of fear, I think that there's a little bit of like, oh, I wish we did that a little bit differently. And we made decisions based out of, you know, where we felt our truth was or anything like that. Um, but besides that, like, I personally can't think of anything where I'm like, I really regret that we did this thing or I wish that we did yeah. this thing differently. Like, I think that we had to, like, I even think about like, just on a base level of like what, like some of our products and stuff, like our pastry kit subscription, our pastry kit subscription subscription looked crazy in the beginning. Like it was this thing where <laughs> we really had decided to just move forward because we were like, this is what we can do right now. Like this is the skill level that we have. This is the time we have. This is the money we have. Mm -hmm. And we had to take that thing from like being a baby to being something that we're really proud of. And so like, it was I'm like okay all that we were, yeah, it was we all did. like a growth, yeah. growth thing. Yeah. And like we had to learn. And I'm so glad that we have learned little things along the way. I can't really think of anything either. I'm actually yeah. so proud of us for, um we have been slow and steady like we've been super slow and steady and very just thoughtful in how we've grown everything mm -hmm. i mean we started with a pilot program borrowing kitchen mm -hmm. space um and we got grant funding to help build our kitchen out we took time for that we paused our cohorts while covid was you know first starting mm -hmm. and then restarted in our space in a really safe way mm -hmm. um and we're just you know growing slowly but surely and i feel like it's been um it's been really great. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you talked about the process because and how you like, you don't really have any regrets. I think that just like embracing the growth is really important. Mm -hmm. too. And yeah, mm -hmm. I love everything that yeah. you guys said. Just trying to do our so, best in the present too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the pastry project, obviously you guys host in-person classes with your cohorts or cohorts and it's really about creating that community so you mentioned this with COVID and everything how did you navigate that year and a half um in this pandemic yeah so like we said we were kind of building out our physical space for um for a lot of it and um just kind of planning and then we started our first uh post well I mean we're still in the pandemic but we still we started our first post space build out um cohort in um when did we start that? February of last February year? February of last year, yep. Yeah. 
And so they graduated in May um, and then we started up again in August mm -hmm. and we, you know, had COVID protocols. We were taking temperatures as soon as vaccinations were available. Everyone needed to have a vac vaccination. Mm -hmm. um, and so this this cohort started fully vaccinated and we all wear masks the entire mm -hmm. time. Um, and there's only four students in class, so everyone is pretty much six feet apart all, also, so it's just extra safety. Um, and, and yeah, so we're just really conscious of that. We, um, we don't have an open bakery, so we have a pickup window, so that's been really great for customers because no one's coming in and hanging out and, um, you know, it's just a really quick pickup from our window, which has been really, really great as well. And then, like we were saying, the pastry kits, you know, we mail those out, we mail those all across the country. So um, we've had just uh, a lot of ways to to safely keep doing business and keep running classes during COVID. Yeah, that's super awesome. Okay, so the, I think the coolest part about the pastry project is the intersection between community and culinary arts. So why, I mean, this is a very like, um, like kind of just interpretive question, but why do those two things kind of work so well together in your opinion? You know, this kind of indirectly answers your question, um, <laughs> but here's the thing. So we exist in an industry that's not a great industry for workers, but it is in an industry that will always always exist because people are obsessed with food they love food like there are so many people out there that uh you know they just live to eat and um it's an important part of our life we do it you know three times a day usually um and uh that intersectionality um of you know community and food for us it really comes from understanding that you know what maybe this isn't the best industry to work in maybe the you know uh i mean truly like the working environment for people in the industry it's not great if you were to tell me that money is the only thing on the line i wouldn't choose this industry but here's the thing my soul belongs to it and so many other people out there like they're not choosing the industry because they want to be, you know, some multimillionaire culinary person because that doesn't really exist very often. They're entering it because they're obsessed with food. They love it. They love serving people. They love hospitality. They mm -hmm. um, love creating. And so we will always have creators in the industry and we'll always have creators in our community. Mm -hmm. And so that was a balance for us because we just saw it as something that it doesn't matter that it's not the most perfect thing. It exists. And mm -hmm. we want to support that existence and see what we can do for our community in that regard. And hopefully we can continue growing and, and um, contributing to the community, the greater culinary community in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, as she was talking about, I mean, it's, it's everything like intersects and everything kind of is like this ecosystem that supports like one another. And so it's like, we're supporting these students that are then going into these jobs that, that is supporting them, but they're supporting the, the restaurant or the bakery because mm -hmm. people in, you know, that run bakeries need great workers that know what they're mm -hmm. doing and that provide, you know, mm -hmm. um, will, you know, make a great work culture and all of that. Yeah. And so it's, it's all very intertwined and like, we all support one another. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like our customers that love food also want to support our training program. And so, 
Um, we've gotten just so much community support for what we're doing and for the stuff that we're making. And, um, and then we in turn are giving back as much as possible to our community because we know that they're supporting us too. So, mm -hmm. um, that's why, you know, we're doing partnerships like King Arthur flower and giving rolls to food banks every week and, you know, donating cookies to nonprofits in our neighborhood whenever we can and things like that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely love all that because it's just like giving back. Um, like when you think of food, you think of like sharing food. So yeah, I love that. Okay, so do you guys have any goals? Um, you talked about this a little bit, but any goals or like some things that you want to do with the organization? I think number one goal right now is to do everything that we're doing right now the best we possibly can and grow all of those things. Like have the best free training program we could possibly provide mm -hmm. uh, and continue, you know, improving on, on that. Have the best pastry kit subscriptions, you know, do really awesome goodie box memberships, uh, you know, have really, really great corporate classes and then also in-person classes or whatever we provide mm -hmm. in that regard. So we're trying to do all of those things the best. And we're also constantly thinking about, uh, is there something else that mm -hmm. is that, mm -hmm big scalable thing that could really help the pastry project grow more and more. Um, yeah. The other thing we started this year was um, a consulting company mm -hmm. called proof box um, or the proof box. And so that is um, Heather and I consulting other people that might want to start a social enterprise similar to this, or is trying to get their bakery business off of the ground um, or just wants to start a social impact program within a business that they already have. And so we've been talking to a lot of really amazing people over the last few months about the projects that they're working on and trying to help them start, um, mm -hmm. start their own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect um, lead into this question. And for anyone, again, who wants to start an organization or go down this path of um, an entrepreneurial path, what is what are your guys' advice for them? I think going back to something we said earlier, which is going, doing a lot of planning and going step by step. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, didn't launch into just opening our own space and going for it and taking out loans and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We were very, very intentional and slow, um, which mm -hmm. is why we did the pilot program and why we tried to make community connections to be able to use a kitchen space and, um, you know, all of that. And so going slow, building connections with people that you can ask advice of that might be in similar industries. That's been very helpful to us. Um, you know, so many people are willing to give you a hand or let you borrow something or um, spend a little bit of time just giving you advice. And we were very fortunate. And so we try to do that um, for people as well. Um, yeah. What else? Um... You know, I don't know. I think that you really said it very well there. Um, someone was trying to do this. I think, you know, for us, one of the things that we say a lot, and if we're not the first people to say this, you might recognize it from another uh, mm -hmm. corporation that uses this a lot, Ooh. but uh, done is better than perfect sometimes. And so, you know, mm -hmm. as long as you, as long as your values are behind it, you know that you, mm -hmm. you really truly believe that you're doing the right thing. Like don't look for perfection, mm -hmm. just do your best in that moment with the resources that you have and grow from there. Uh, I mean, really yeah. like Emily is saying, it's like, 
don't go for the gold in the very beginning. Like understand that that gold, that gold is at the end of this journey that you need to go slow with, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you need to, um, and by slow, I, I don't mean like things aren't fast. Sometimes things are really fast in our world. Sometimes we'll make a decision and start it the next day. Um, <laughs> but it's more about like being intentional behind, like, what are you doing? You know, and, and, and just, again, done is better than perfect. Just get, mm -hmm. just get that thing out there. Um, even if, if it's not the perfect thing, it will grow to be that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, just like, again, like what you guys have said this entire conversation, it's just like taking it slow day by day, you know, not rushing things, right? Okay, so we're going to into a few rapid fire questions. There's going to be quick questions. Okay, what is, what are some of your favorite cafes and bakeries in the Seattle area? Um, well, we love the London Plain. Yeah. So the London Plain is our neighbor and they are the ones that have been super supportive of us from the get-go. So they have an amazing um, bakery case and um, coffees and teas and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. So we love them. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I like a coffee shop called Hello M in the mm -hmm. ID. So they do like Vietnamese coffee. Uh, raised donuts in mm -hmm. the central district. Um, not only because the donuts are delicious, but because the owner, Mi Kim, is just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an amazing person in the baking and pastry community. Uh, who else? I mean, there's so many. We have amazing yeah. bakery residents. So we have yeah. a lot of yeah. um, residents that use our space to bake their own products. And so we have an amazing wedding cake um, uh a company called Lady Grey, um, someone that does a lot of breads and laminated pastries called um, Boot Scoot and Bread, and then someone that does sourdough crackers called Crooked Ear. So we really mm -hmm. like um, to support um, in that way as well, and they're delicious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What is your go-to thing to bake? That's so hard for me because here's the truth of the matter is, I don't bake like I do it in the workplace all of the time, but because I bring that home, I think I'm often satisfied by the thing. But I will say this, the pastry kit for November mm -hmm. um, is an upside down cake. And it has like a little bit of almond extract in it, it has fruit on the top. And that is the sort of thing I think Emily has been like seeing me eat it and she make loves it for it. years. <laughs> I love it. And so it is one of the things that I do, I do really love. But I'm fortunate that I get to make stuff at work all the time and try new stuff. And so, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm around it so much here and I get to help out with, with all of the, I'm like the little bakery assistant sometimes. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I recently took home a bag of, of cookie dough that we had here um, from our party cookies. And I just bake one off at night and eat it after dinner. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do these days. Okay. Is What is your favorite part about Seattle and the community? I mean, we do think that the like the the bakery and food scene here is pretty good and growing, um, and so that's really fun to not only get to visit all of these places, but constantly be uh, adding new hiring partners to um, to our program. Mm -hmm. um, I like the weather; Heather does not. <laughs> this rain today is this not rain my is jam. extreme. It's been raining a lot, um, yeah, but and I really like the rain, but not every day. Um, but we, and I don't know if we knew this when we were first starting out, I think we had inklings of it, but we 
actually have built a little community around us that has been very supportive of what mm -hmm. we're doing. And that's been really, really awesome. And I don't know if every city, you know, would have that. Um, and so we've been fortunate, even just even within Seattle, our neighborhood in Pioneer Square has felt very supportive. And mm -hmm. we love all of the business owners. Um, we love the Alliance, which is a community group that kind of helps the neighborhood. Um, so that's been amazing. And so we really love our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ditto to everything Emily just said. Mm -hmm. Is there anything specific right now that is inspiring you guys? To be honest, <laughs> I think the things that are inspiring us right now are these companies in the baking and pastry industry that are in some ways, really these like all-star, I mean, talking about going for the gold, these all-star companies. And we think all of the time, like how can we grow the pastry project to be that level of these nationally recognized um, companies that um, we think are really cool. And we think that what we'll eventually bring to the table is going to be that community impact work and social mm -hmm. impact work that we will always have as a part mm -hmm. of our mission. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it feels like one of those things where it's like, it feels a little goofy sometimes when we're like, oh, it would be so cool to, you know, get to this stage or that stage. And people might look at us and think that we're crazy, but don't underestimate <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was it. How can the listeners follow along with the pastry project? Yeah. So a, one of the easiest ways is on our Instagram, which is uh, at the pastry project underscore. Uh, we also have a website, the pastry project.co um, where you can always find any of our uh, pastry kit subscriptions, our goodie box memberships. Um, you can buy gifts um, and see all of the classes and events that are happening here. So uh, those are some really good ways. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that was such a fun episode. I learned so much from you guys. You guys gave amazing advice. Um, I'm so glad I got to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you Thanks for so having much us. for having us. Yeah. for tuning into this week's episode of our playground as always if you enjoyed today's conversation then make sure to review and follow the show on apple podcast and spotify you can also connect with me on tiktok at alifan with two n's see you next week